If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Lembit Opic. You're listening to Lembit Opic on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to the Lembitopic Show right here on today's News Talk. Uh, I want to tell you that uh, it's great and a pleasure uh, to be with you, but I'm not happy about what we've just been learning in the first hour. It turns out that for those of you who live in the United Kingdom and are familiar with the problems facing uh, uh, those who were working at the post office, it pales into insignificance compared to the potential scandal uh, that we are now facing with parents who owe money, according to the state, uh, for the crime of not having paid enough because they didn't know they were being charged more. What we learned from Noel Wilcox in the first hour of my show is that hundreds of thousands or perhaps millions of people have been secretly uh, running up a debt, running up a bill, which they weren't even aware of. And were they to complain about it, too bad. There is no recourse. Uh, I'll be looking into this in pretty much great detail afterwards. I'm by nature a campaigner, and I'll be contacting Noel Wilcox. I feel it's my duty uh, to you, you, the viewers and the listeners, to follow this up. So many of you have been making comments about uh, how you've been personally affected by what seems to be an absolutely outrageous uh, mistreatment of citizens in the United Kingdom. This is a warning to the whole world. Uh, if it can happen in the UK, it can happen elsewhere. Essentially, the state making potentially billions of pounds uh, or billions of dollars uh, by ripping you off and not giving you a right to reply. What I learned from Nolan, the first hour, goes against every fibre of natural justice in my body. Uh, I'll be looking further into that and we'll have Nolan again. This is a campaign that it probably falls on TNT uniquely uh, to promote and to carry through. I have the tools to know how to take this into Parliament as well. I'm a former member of uh, Parliament uh, and I'll be working with Noel because this cannot be allowed to rest. It's more than a story, just as TNT is more than a media outlet. We're campaigning for free speech, for liberty and for justice. And I think this is a classic example of where we need to be able to do all three. Now, uh, I mentioned before uh, that uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the double standards uh, in uh, the West when it comes to damning certain countries while carrying on our own sweet way in this one. Uh, and I want to highlight the death of a general called Soleimani. He was an Iranian general, very senior. He was even tipped to potentially be uh, one of the next uh, leaders of Iran. Uh, massively popular character in the Iranian country. He was assassinated uh, while walking in Iraq uh, by the Americans. They celebrated his death and suggested that this was a great blow for freedom. I won't get into the politics of Soleimani because that's not really my intention. We'll come back to that in the future, but that deserves a whole hour of its own. For now, I want to highlight the fact that General Soleimani had six children. Those six children did nothing to deserve the death of their father at the hands of an attack uh, using pretty mighty weaponry uh, sponsored by the United States. It seems to me that when enemies of the West, enemies of the Western hegemony are killed, then they are celebrated as uh, ne'er-do-wells who deserved to die. No heed is taken of the personal consequences. Uh, no consideration is given to the damage done to those around them because they were bad people and therefore their death was a good thing. But when enemies of the Western hegemony are involved or present uh, in the deaths of those people who the West thought of as convenient and useful to Western objectives, the story changes. We get personal testimony from friends and family of the deceased. We get the finger of blame pointed at those states who have committed, or the implication is, have committed murder. The double standards are there for all to see. It's worse than that, my friends. When you dare to highlight these double standards, when you dare to suggest that not all the killings by the Western secret services are justified, 
you yourself become a person of interest. You get cancelled. You get accused of supporting terrorism. And yet the greatest irony of all is this. One of the greatest achievements in my political lifetime was the peace brokered between terrorist organizations in the north of Ireland, where I grew up. People who had served time for murder, for bombings, for attempted murder, and for disruption of the state, are now serving as elected politicians in one of the four states that constitutes the United Kingdom. I put it to you, how can it be that we in the pseudo-free states of the West are perfectly entitled to damn those we don't like while turning a blind eye to the fact that we did a 180 degree U-turn with the involvement of some great politicians from America in brokering a peace in the land of my birth. They say that politics is subjective and that winners write the history. I think that's true. I put it to you, therefore, that our mission, those of us who believe in free speech, is to point the finger at bl of blame to those who refuse to allow dialogue in circumstances where it is infinitely preferable to death. I would have thought 40 years ago in my naive teens that what I said was common sense. But four decades on and a parliamentary career behind me, I say that it's sad to confess what my late father often said, that in matters of politics and in war, sense is not common. I leave it to you to make comments on the chat. Go to tntradio.live. Is it too profound? Am I too cynical? Or perhaps I'm speaking it like it is. Want to know what you think. Coming up next is a lawyer where we shall explore some of the themes of free speech head on as Julian Assange, for many a freedom flight fighter and the doyen of whistleblowing, comes under the eagle eye of the British justice system once again in the week ahead. All of that's here on the Lempitopic Show on TNT. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Joining me now is a man who fights for justice wherever there is injustice. The Francis of Assisi of the north of England. It's Peter Morn, the lawyer. Welcome, Peter. Hi, Lambert. I was expecting something more prosaic than that. Uh, was, uh, say <laughs> you're taking the wind out of my sails with, <laughs> with the introduction. Francis of Assisi, I don't think. Um, <laughs> Peter of Gateshead. Uh, Peter of Gateshead. How about that? That sounds better. That's me. Definitely <laughs> me, yes. Remind us what kind of law you do. Uh, I, I do uh, what we call private client law. Uh, but I do civil litigation as well. So when people are suing one another, uh, I'm involved in that. And I cut my teeth as a lawyer in the criminal courts. So the uh, the the relevance to Julian Assange is that I have done uh, extradition hearings uh, such as that which he faces on the in the appeal courts here uh, next week. Or what I think it is. Uh, so I, I've I have some some knowledge and some experience. And I have, you know, people don't know who I am when I walk in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the criminal courts until I remind them, and then they know. Uh, I would love to talk with you about the shocking revelations we had in the first hour of the Lemadopic show about uh, CMS and how it turns out that estranged parents can end up with massive debts they didn't even know existed. But let's park that. We might come back to you as that campaign develops with the help of today's news talk, TNT. What I really want to talk with you about is something, as you've said yourself, you're qualified to discuss, and that is the circumstances around the Julian Assange case, something which we at today's news talk are taking so seriously that we will be broadcasting live from central London uh, during the progress of this case. And that's something to watch, and I'll be involved in that as well, particularly on Tuesday and Wednesday in the coming week. Can we start by an outline from your lawyer's perspective of what's going on in relation to Julian Assange and the Royal Courts of Justice? 
Well, the, the hearing uh, next week is simply with regards to uh, extraditing him to the United States. Um, we had a, a hearing originally where the courts refused to extradite him on the grounds of his mental health. And that was fine. Uh, but then uh, the the Home Secretary at the time decided that uh, that he could be extradited. So she ordered that. And this is uh, Mr. Assange trying to stop that uh, so that he isn't extradited. I mean, it's been a long, drawn-out process. But the only the only input that the English courts have at the moment is whether or not he's sent to the United States to face trial. That's all. We're not trying him for anything here. And yet, this is an all-important trial because it's a monumental decision if he is indeed extradited to the United States. Are you able to briefly give us an outline of the kind of charges that he would be facing if he's extradited and as you say we're not going to have the judge and jury here on on tnt but what is it that he would be accused of what would he be defending himself against in the united states well he's accused of effectively of espionage um of being a spy although i don't think anybody's ever suggested that he was working for any particular nation because what he was doing was exposing information that he found uh, to the world so that they could all share it. But the the actual provisions under which he's being tried are espionage, as if he was a spy. Uh, and the problem is that if he was convicted of all of the matters that they've accused him of, he'd be facing 175 years uh, imprisonment. Well, obviously, he couldn't actually serve 175 years for obvious reasons, but that's what that's what's at stake. So it's his, li it's a, his liberty forever is what uh, could be taken away from him. Uh, and I think just it's worth looking at the fact that there are two sides to this, two possible sides to it. First of all, are we looking at an illegal hacker who has hacked for his own personal benefit? Some people would say that because he didn't do it just for fun. He wanted to put it out there. And, uh, of course, he works in that, in that field. And... It could be argued he was doing it just for his own self-interests. Could be that it argued that he's he's uh, he's a champion of free speech, and it could be that it's a bit of both. But what's happened to him since then? Well, he had to hide in the uh, Ecuadorian embassy for seven years in London, and then he breached his bail conditions, and he's been in Belmarsh Prison, which is not a very nice place to be uh, in London since 2019. So he's already effectively uh, served a lot of time when he didn't have any personal freedoms. So it's a question of what has he done wrong in the strict eyes of the law? And unfortunately, the law is very black and white in many cases. So in the eyes of the law, what has he done wrong? And what does he need to have done to, to uh, punish him? Now, these are punishments which wouldn't be issued by anybody here. Certainly not by anybody in Australia, because the Australian Parliament is very, very much in favour of him uh, of him being freed, presumably to go back to Australia. But it, in the Ameri in America, we know that the justice system is different to ours. It springs from the English legal system, but it isn't the English legal system, and uh, we just know that it could be a severe punishment. Um, and and I just worry that the that the punishment may not fit the crime. I think it could easily be argued that he's done something wrong because what he did was illegal. There's no question. You're not allowed to go into somebody's private computer system and withdraw information that's, that's supposed to be secure there, and that's exactly what he's done. So he's committed a crime, but he's already paid quite a high price in terms of loss of his liberty. And I think that, to be honest, my idea would be that the Americans give him a nominal additional sentence, stop him from going to the States if they want, they can do that, uh, but then let him get on with his life, not locked up in either an embassy or a prison. I think I the time to, has come. I want to explore a little bit more what WikiLeaks is. Many people have heard about it, but I just want to get a clear definition of, of what WikiLeaks is and do that just after the break. Uh, I also want to understand 
why espionage would be the consideration when there could be a public interest defence. We'll come all back to all of that in a minute. Uh, I think that Mr Moose sums it up, uh, who says, free speech, my backside. He uses a stronger phrase, but I think that might be right. Uh, and calls for freedom as well. Uh, well. We'll come back to Peter Morn in a minute. Have your views uh, expressed. Uh, go to the TNT uh, dot radio, uh, sorry, correction, tntradio.live uh, chat. Uh, it takes 30 seconds to sign in there and get involved in the conversation. I'm sure what we're going to hear from Peter will be fascinating. And remember, we're going to be covering this issue all next week, live from London, live from central London. We think it's that important. Uh, this is the Lampetopic Show on TNT. See you in a few minutes. TNT's David Curtin. With a chemistry degree, I can assure you that carbon dioxide is not a harmful gas. We all breathe it out all day, every day as we respire. Carbon dioxide levels have been less than they are now at some points in history, and they've been more than they are now at other points in history. But carbon dioxide levels could increase about tenfold, and they would have no harmful effect whatsoever on living organisms or the globe and the planet, as Carl Climate Alarmist would tell us that it would do. David Curtin on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. The benefits of advertising on today's news talk, TNT Radio, should be clear to businesses of any shape or size. It can be accessed anywhere, anytime, by anybody, and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. Welcome back as we explore here on the Lembitopic Show uh, uh, the issues affecting the day, the week, and the month. And something which is very close to the hearts of TNT uh, is the question of Julian Assange and whether he uh, should even be facing trial. Uh, or extradition uh, from the United Kingdom to America. Uh, we're with a lawyer, uh, Peter Morn, who has practiced criminal law as well, knows more than most about the subject. In a moment, I want to explore with him what WikiLeaks actually was, what the accusations are, and why it would constitute some form of espionage. Lots of comments coming in on the chat. Uh, I see there's quite a lot of skepticism about the uh, American legal system. Uh, Blodder says the U.S. system is totally politicized. We are not much better. Uh, that's one point. And uh, another one, uh, Madrid says City of London, Washington, D.C. and the Club of Rome. That is the triangle. Uh, fair point, Madrid. Uh, I haven't forgotten. I need to get in touch with you about the other campaign as well. I will do so. And uh, some debate about originals and some kind of uh, art uh, dialogue going on there, not directly relevant to what we're discussing. It's interesting, though. Go to tntradio.live and have a look at the chat there. Uh, with us still, though, Peter Morn. Uh, Peter, TNT regards the Assange case as so important uh, that we will be broadcasting live all week uh, to cover the key points. What will this extradition uh, hearing consider obviously we can't have the trial on air but what kind of things will be put forward uh, by the pro by those who, who wish to have him extradited to the united states well pretty much the outline of the case what he's alleged to have done uh, and and this sounds so simple but it is really in legal terms what he's supposed to have done and uh, why that justifies an extradition when we have an extradition treaty with the united states and Therefore, they should they can call upon us to enforce that and to uh, extradite him to face trial in the US. It's relatively straightforward, but the decision isn't. And I think one of the uh, one of the contributors to the chat was quite right that there is a lot of politics involved. There has to be if you think about the fact that the order to send him over to the states on extradition was taken by the Home Secretary, the British Home Secretary, who is a politician. That was then overturned effectively by the court, and that, that's that's what we're now having tried by the court as a legal issue and not a political issue. But there's a very large overlap. But these will be legal arguments which will be raised next week. I can't possibly know what the uh, 
what the legal participants, what counsel for the various parties will say. But now that he's in court, if there is a basic outline, what lawyers call a prima facie case against him, and I don't think there's much doubt because I don't think there's much doubt what he did, then I think that there's a very, very high chance that he will be he will be extradited. So then I want to talk about what WikiLeaks actually is in a moment, but isn't there a public interest defence here whereby Julian Assange and his defence lawyers could argue that what Julian Assange was trying to do was in the interests of the world to know because he was exposing things that shouldn't have been secret and shouldn't have been done by the states involved. Well, that's clearly the argument, and it's uh, and it makes sense. But does it? I mean, he's committed a crime in order to get that information, which is why my view is that he should be punished for the crime. But it shouldn't be the sort of horrendous punishment we're talking about. You exclude him from the country, tell him he can't come back. Uh, that kind of thing. He's already suffered a lot. But uh, it it can be argued that it's in the public interest. But on the other hand, it's also in a very private computer where there are military secrets, on my understanding, to which he will have gained access and or to which he could have gained access. And, uh, and they're not in the public domain and not in the public interest to, to broadcast them because it protects the country. It is, it, they are, some of them very much uh, private so far as the country's concerned and they are sensitive and it is clearly something that those who are uh, involved in espionage would be interested in the things he's exposed i think you've got a very good point that they shouldn't have been in that deep dark dungeon of uh, of computers so you couldn't get to it i think there's a very good argument there but the problem is once you're in there uh, then you can get everything out he, he did wrong what he did was illegal, but whether it's whether it's something that's justifiable, and that's what WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks and Mr. Assange would say, is a different argument. But a public interest defence, I don't know whether that would hold water in the US, um, but no doubt that's something that they'll be running. I think Here's the, the defense, Sorry, go on. Here's the problem I've got with the situation. Uh, Julian Assange uh, did the WikiLeaks thing, and we've slightly put the cart before the horse because we should explain what WikiLeaks is, but we'll come to that in a moment. He did something which he thought was in the public interest. He could be extradited and punished, and as you've said, it's because they would be trying to deter other people from doing the same thing. But actually, all that we're really debating here is the publication, because he could have done everything he did in secret, not published it and got away with it. And that's what another state would do. So there really isn't any public interest benefit in prosecuting him, because if an enemy of the British state did it, they wouldn't publish this stuff in the media, would they? No, no, quite right. Yeah. Well, but the law, so covers, what the law covers all. It covers everybody, whether you're a spy or whether you're not. And I don't think that Mr. Assange is a spy. But what he's done is what a spy would do. He's broken that same law, although not with the same intent. Um, and I think that that's the we got the dichotomy here that he he did it for his own self interest to promote his his uh, WikiLeaks, but he also did it for the benefit of the of the public generally. And I mean, you only have to look, for example, at the views of the of people of Australia and its uh, and its parliament, and they're quite clear. Just send them home stop all this nonsense and that's their clear view and i think they've got some justification in arguing that but at the moment he's stuck in a legal system with the moment it's just got to say will you be sent back to the states or will you not and if he is then the americans we know the americans they will try him and it may be i don't know but it may be they'll make an example of him and the man's gone through an awful lot already Let's understand then what WikiLeaks is. What is your interpretation of, of, of the entire WikiLeaks program of, of action? What is it? What did he do? What did he create? Well, I, I, I can't really answer what, what the makeup of uh, WikiLeaks is. I can only answer about the face of WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks and that is Julian Assange. Um, but it's supposedly producing 
information that otherwise would not be accessible no doubt that's the case here which the public in the view of that of that organization deserve to know and wouldn't otherwise get to know that's what they say but i mean they don't do it for the good of their health they're also if i understand it correctly they're making a profit and I, you know that's the, fair enough that the world the, does so do you uh, yeah, <laughs> there <are>. absolutely <laughs> so does so does uh, Rishi Sunak, but he doesn't really need it, of course, but that's another story. Um, I don't begrudge people having money to live and eat and no. afford to do things. I would I would ask you this question, and I'll express my opinion. I always say here on TNT, we can express opinions as long as we don't dress them up as facts. My opinion is that whatever Julian Assange's personal gain motivations, there are easier ways for a man of his intelligence to make a lot of money. So my suspicion is that he felt, for whatever reason, that he had to expose state wrongdoing. And that the WikiLeaks agenda was to say, have a look to see what these states, these self-congratulatory, sanctimonious states, the word I used at the very beginning of my show today, are really doing in your name. Here is the spying they're doing. Here is the skullduggery they're doing. They're telling you one thing, but they're doing another. Now, to me, there's a fairly compelling public interest case in us knowing what the state does when it's acting in a hypocritical or double standards way. And it seems to me that if they can prove that, then there isn't a case for Julian Assange to answer. This isn't a court of law. I'm just exploring the theories. Yeah, I think you make a very good point. But the problem is, as I said earlier, earlier on in the show, it's the law is black and white. It's black and white. If you're driving your motor car and it says that the speed limit's 60 kilometers an hour and you go more than 60 kilometers an hour, there might be a very good reason why you were doing that, but you've still committed the offense. And that's a very simple example. But if, if you are in, uh, if you've got a law that says you can't do this and you do it, you've broken the law. So the law is very black and white, but the outcome, which is what we're now looking at, is something that we can hopefully temper. Uh, and and there is a good argument that this is in the public interest, what he's done. But there's also an argument that his notoriety, this is no doubt, poor soul, it's not very good at the moment, but his notoriety is such that he's now, he can be established once he gets out of all of this um, as a, as a very, very well-known figure, and you can take advantage of that. It's like being an XMP, Lambert, and you can take <laughs> advantage of it. Uh, but it, 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 you know, what, ultimately, what do we do with them now? Or what does the court system do with them? And you know, I think my view, my personal view, and that's all we're in now, is that he suffered enough. You know, let him go home. Let him go home to Australia if that's where he wants to go. Uh, but I don't think he wants to go to the US. And I don't think he'd want to stay in the UK either because he's had to suffer an awful lot. I mean, he's in a dreadful place. He's in Belmarsh Prison. And that's not very nice. You wouldn't choose to be there. The uh, issue to me is a deeper one of principle, Peter. Uh -huh. uh, if you, GDPR, which is meant to protect our privacy, it, you can violate that, the rule, if you have a good reason. For example, in the case of domestic abuse, uh, then you are able to use that information. But if you actually uh, steal information from somebody and you've no good case, that's a criminal act. It seems to me that the same should apply here where Julian Assange could point out that his mission is to keep our servants, and let's remember they're our servants. Politicians don't rule us, they serve us. Keep them honest. And if there are embarrassing things that come out as a result of WikiLeaks, too bad. Too bad. I'll give you an example from myself. I was actually in WikiLeaks for having had a conversation with representatives of the American Embassy in the United Kingdom. This is over a decade ago now, saying that the then leader of the Liberal Democrats, Nick Clegg, was very thin skinned. I was quite critical of him and I made some predictions about his behavior. That was all reported. It was all published, actually. Aside from feeling quite flattered, to be important enough to be in WikiLeaks, what I said was fundamentally correct. And if the stuff that was published, uh, which I didn't actually find personally embarrassing at all, if it had been heeded, 
for example, by the Liberal Democrats, that was then my party, they wouldn't have crashed and burned under Nick Clegg. So actually, Julian Assange gave a lifeline to the Lib Dems, and it's not the Lib Dems' fault, sorry, it's not Julian Assange's fault that the Lib Dems ignored that lifeline and sank, but it was a lifeline all the same. Why would he have to go to prison for having done what could have been a public service for the party I used to be involved in? Well, that, that's fair enough. And I mean, the question is, should he go to prison? But it's not, that's not our choice. It's not the choice of the English courts either. It's what the American courts do if he is extradited. Um, but I mean, if he isn't extradited and he remains locked up in, in, uh, in prison in England, that's not going to help him very much either. We needs to get a, it needs to get a conclusion, but I'm not quite sure the easiest way to do that. Because as I say, the law is black and white. A lot of my clients will say to me at the end of a case, well, that wasn't justice. And I say to them, well, unfortunately, this is not about justice. This is about the law. And the two are very different things. And that's what this is about. It's the law. The High Court will apply the law, and that may mean that he'll be extradited. The American courts will apply the law, and hopefully then there will be it'll be tempered by mitigation of everything he suffered and the fact he did help to bring knowledge to the people. But it's totally out of our hands and it depends on the actual judges on the day in both London and in America. Uh, I've got quite a lot of messages to read out, which we'll do just after the break, which is coming up. I come back to uh, my own opinion. Once again, my opinion, uh, the more I discuss this with you and with others, Peter, the more sympathetic I am to Julian Assange. Because, in my opinion, if I share things which are hypocritical, which don't conform with my actions, and someone exposes me for them, why should I complain? Because I brought it on myself. Uh, I try to be consistent. I try to be consistent and caring to the people I know in my own imperfect way. I try to be loyal to those even who aren't loyal to me. But if there are those I know who say one thing and do another, let's say they, they offer uh, loyalty, but then take it away again, or they demand generosity, but don't behave in a generous way themselves, I actually think that they're fair game for criticism. It seems to me what applies to an individual applies to the state. And you're saying it may not be fair, but surely Julian Assange has highlighted uninjustice by the fact that he's had about a quarter of his life taken away from him so far. Yep, can't argue with that. And you're right, you're absolutely right. But, and the more I've thought about it in preparation for the show today and talking to you, that I'm coming round to his uh, to his sort of thinking. And I think the best result all round would be just to not pursue him any further and to let him uh, go home. Um, you're beginning to sound like that famous song from, is it Oliver? <laughs> bring him home, bring him home. And yet there will be millions, and I would say many uh, today's news talk listeners and viewers who come to the same view. Could it be that this case, which is going to be tried in the highest court in the United Kingdom, will actually serve to win Julian Assange a moral victory regardless of what the legal victory turns out to be. Yeah, I think it's a, there's a very, very good chance that that's the case, but uh, you can't sit back on morality when you're locked up in a prison. That's the problem. Mm. He needs to win more than the moral argument. Uh, but whether he does or not remains to be seen. Stay with us. We're listening to Peter Morn. Um, we're discussing Julian Assange, a case which uh, today's news talk, TNT, will be showing extensively during the week ahead, live from central London. Uh, lots of comments coming in. I'll go through those in just a moment after the break. Uh, you still have about a quarter of an hour to put your points to Peter as well. Uh, we're going to stay on the subject of free speech in the third hour of my show today. That's really been the theme. Uh, when we talk to somebody whose event was cancelled for this afternoon, and it was cancelled yesterday or the day before on the basis of 
what I would regard as wokeism. Another aspect of the same thing. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lemidovic Show on TNT. See you in a few minutes. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The cyclone that's in the north of Australia is kind of unusual for an El Nino season. That's because we have not really had an El Nino season this year in Australia. The Southern Oscillation Index, the longest running measure of the ENSO, or El Nino, La Nina, has not cooperated at all. And we knew this was a problem way back in the Northern Hemisphere fall and our spring because we weren't seeing a lot of typhoons. Usually when you have a big El Nino, you have a lot of typhoons going off and we had the third lowest typhoon production on record. So something funky was going on. However, that Southern Oscillation Index is going to crash for the month of February, which means that our fall should be average in Australia. Now, I'm bringing all this up because that crash in February is linked to severe cold in the United States and Europe for February into March. And we're seeing another ferocious storm attacking Norway now. A lot of heavy rain is coming into Europe over the next week. Now, the two times that happened, it turned frigid in Europe. Same thing is going to happen. Mid-February to mid-March will be frigid in Europe. You see all these storms crashing into the United States? Well, guess what? It's going to turn frigid in the United States. In fact, for much of the United States, the worst of the winter is on the way. And just think, it all hinges on looking at the weather around Australia. Isn't that nice? Hands across the water. Australia, the States, and Europe. Kumbaya. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Are you ready to help your family get prepared for the unexpected? Here we go! Ladybug and Cat Noir know how important it is to be ready because you never know when Hawk Moth is going to strike or a disaster will hit. And you don't need miraculous powers. Just put those planning skills you already have to good use. Make a plan that will help you and your family be ready when emergencies happen. Ready Kids can help. Get started at ready.gov slash kids. Lembidopic on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to the Lembidopic Show. And we're talking about something we'll be discussing for most of next week. The case of Julian Assange, who's being tried in the highest court in the land in the United Kingdom, on whether he should be extradited to the United States to face charges of espionage. Uh, Peter Morn, who's a lawyer and has a criminal law experience, and myself have been debating this in terms of opinions, and they are opinions, not facts, so you can have a different, contrary view. We both feel that there's a degree of injustice if he is punished further. Uh, Peter says that Julian Assange has technically broken the law, uh, I'm arguing that there is a public interest defense in that. It could be that this is what the debate rests upon. Before we go back to Peter, the chat is very lively on this. I've just looked down and have a comment uh, summary. Uh, lots of comments coming here. Hidden in plain sight says, laws are made for the ones who wrote them, not us, the people that get prosecuted by the ones that wrote them. Thanks for that. All Turn Records says, uh, Assange is in Belmarsh because of the British government. Uh, Alternate statutes are not laws. Uh, Holly says to me, careful, Embit, don't incriminate yourself. I'm ever presently aware of that, Holly. I try to stay on the right side of the law, but, you know, uh, sometimes they change the laws to make sure that, that uh, you're on the wrong side of the law without even realising it. Uh, then there is a very interesting comment here from Autumn, which expands on the point. Uh, statutes are rules. We live under the law of rules, not the rule of law. Red asks this poignant question. Why should anyone obey American law when not in America and not an American citizen? It's bizarre. And Holly adds uh, about Assange's detention. It's disgusting. Uh, Blonder says, um, correct, but not allowed uh, malinformation. Uh, uh, and just two more here. Uh, one is that uh, Hidden in Plain Sight adds the rest is statute and legal contract, which we have never agreed to. That's a really good point. This is a recurring theme in my campaigning activities when I'm not on air. These people are servants and they forget that and they become rulers and then they tell us what to do and they, then they don't avoid, obey the rules themselves, which is exactly what we saw during the COVID lockdown when there were parties in Downing Street 
while the rest of us were meant to live a solid, solitary life. The hypocrisy is writ large there too. Just one more. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot, long debate about the monarchy happening as well. So I'm going to stay out of that for a minute. Uh, uh, just one more, which is uh, there will be Tuesday. I'm uh, sorry, Polly says, I will be there on Tuesday and we will shout until they let him out. Holly, we will finally get to meet on Tuesday because I'll be there too. Looking forward to meeting with you. If you want to be involved in TNT's discussions, you will find us out and about near the Royal Courts of Justice uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Do come and join us. Uh, TNT, I think, has chosen Julian Assange as our course celebre because nobody else is going to do it. TNT, the home of free speech, is the only place where he's really going to get the attention and in my opinion the fair trial that he deserves outside the courts let's see what happens in the courts peter thanks for being with us let's go back to the bigger questions here to what extent do you think that we manufacture free speech for when it suits us and we shut it down when we do not when it does not suit the state i think that's a political theme but i think you're right politically and politicians can say this is uh this is free speech and we, we we stand four square behind it. But at the same time, or the next day or the next hour or the next minute, there could be something that really the rest of the world thinks should be there in the public domain and the same politicians arguing that it should be kept quiet. But I think in fairness, it's a balancing act because they're trying to protect the country. The country as a, as a, a, as a large entity, which includes all of us in it, rather than always the individuals. And the problem is sometimes in protecting the whole, the individuals are overlooked or trampled on. And that's a difficulty. And I suppose that's arguably where WikiLeaks comes in and discovers the individual items that the individual members of that greater body should deserve to know. And I think that that's where there's a dichotomy, there's a clash. There's a, you know, are you looking after the nation? Or are you looking after the individuals within the nation? And that often is a conflict. I think there's going to be a groundswell of TNT viewers outside the royal courts. Holly says, wear a red carnation lambit. No, Holly, just watch TNT. Look at me. <laughs> Take a screenshot. I think I'm fairly distinctive. Look for the grey hair. I'm 58. Here's a question that Mr. Ted asks, Peter, which... It's directly at the point that you made about the rule of law. Let me read it to you. I think it sums up uh, my question better than I even asked it. Uh, Peter, if UK law is so black and white, how come prime, former Prime Minister Tony Blair, who sent the UK offence forces to Iraq that killed hundreds of thousands, is still walking free? Well, <laughs> the, easy, the easy answer is that because uh, in the British constitution, a prime minister can call the nation to war without reference to anyone else, and that's not illegal. Uh, but you then suffer the, you should then suffer the consequences of the fact that you did that based upon a false premise, namely that there were weapons of mass destruction, which there weren't. Um, but the actual act of calling the country to war, bringing us to war, is within the gift of the prime minister he can decide that without asking without asking the, the uh, parliament without asking the country so he didn't commit any offense it was wrong and he was highly criticized by me amongst many many other thousands of people but it's not illegal uh he worked within the law he made the wrong decision in the, the opinion of many but it nonetheless was a legal decision i think that's the difference so technically the war could be illegal but he didn't necessarily commit a crime well the, the war is not illegal if the country declares war then it's a legal war but and the, the person who declares it is the prime minister and that's a legal declaration uh, a lot of well, people don't realize that you don't have to go to parliament often prime ministers now when we're getting involved in the middle east uh the prime minister will come to the to parliament and tell parliament and tell them what he's doing and they have a chance to debate it but that's not necessary the legality is that the prime minister sends the country to war nobody else and uh, that's legal uh, madrid, madrid says well we shouldn't then be paying our taxes and essentially aiding and abetting them if tony blair can go to war you've by the way you've made an interesting clarification there peter i can see why it would be so hard to prosecute him now uh, but if tony blair 
it can take us to war and cause the deaths of British servicemen as well as many, many Iraqis, hundreds of thousands of them probably, almost certainly, then why should we pay our taxes for a war? Why shouldn't we simply be able to say, well, actually, you're not going to pay my tax because I'm not willing to sponsor it. And since Blair ignored, Blair fabricated the data and got us there on the basis of false premise, I'm not going to pay my taxes because they're not listening anyway. Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Well, the trouble is the country is hard enough and would come and have a go if you didn't pay your taxes. But it, they, they, if you don't pay your taxes, that is an offence for which action can be taken. If you're a prime minister and you declare war and you do it on a false premise, you've made a mistake and the sanction is you'll be removed as prime minister. But it, And that's, that's just the nature of things because at the end of the day, something suddenly happens um, and the prime minister has to make that decision and he alone makes the prime minister makes the decision and stands or falls by that decision and you know you know the start of the second world war when when britain was drawn into the war and the note was delivered to hitler and hitler did not respond didn't withdraw his troops and the prime minister went on radio and said and as there was no as no such response has been received and therefore this country is now at war with germany because he called it didn't have to ask anybody else. He called it. He could have been wrong. I don't think he was for a second, but he could have been wrong. But he makes that decision. That's the responsibility of being prime minister. So back to Assange then. If the high command of the politicians, still servants, I always say that, still servants of us, but if they can make these decisions, why do they take such umbrage when someone like Julian Assange calls them out. Why can't they simply say, well, what Julian Assange has exposed is true, and we are very grateful to him for showing the weakness of our security and confidentiality systems, and leave it at that. There's a film called Catch Me If You Can, where they eventually catch a counterfeiter, and then they employ him to catch other counterfeiters. Why don't they, we employ Julian Assange to fill the, the holes? Well, that's something which could have been done the Americans could have done that. They could have said, yeah, that you've, you've, you've exposed a loophole in our system. Thank you. A, we'll tighten it, and B, we'll consider whether these items really need to be confidential. And that's, uh, that's what they perhaps should have done, but it's not what they did. They said, you've broken the law, we're going to have you. It doesn't look good, though, does it, Peter, when you've got countries that bang on and on and on about free speech but then try to shut people down for expressing it. Yeah, well, yes, but there are other factors that they, they, would, they would highlight. Namely, they say this is uh, a matter of the security of the nation. I think it's, <laughs> it's a poor argument in respect of a lot of the information which Julian Assange did publish, but uh, that's the counter argument. You know, you can't, you can't decide as an individual that this is not a matter of national uh, protection or in national secrecy it's not you don't think it is but the country thinks it is and the way to deal with it is to change the law so that it's not but i don't think yeah. the american bow down to wikileaks and do that yeah I, I i think having spoken with you now in this hour i can summarize my opinion as follows julian assange published hugely embarrassing information about Britain, America, and some other countries. We learned, for example, that America was spying on its on its allies. I think it was Germany. I might have misremembered that. But America was spying on its friends. Now, I'm glad to know that because it's a terrible look. Uh, and I think that I have the right to know that because they're using taxpayers' money to do it. My feeling, my opinion is, America is trying to shut up people like Assange because it's embarrassing, but it won't make one iota of difference to national security because the people who are doing it for enemies of America and the United Kingdom will be doing it in secret. And therefore, Assange's crime is to embarrass the politicians. His crime is not to compromise national security because whatever Assange did, others could do too. Yeah. I think that's true. Very good argument. Are they bringing you into court next week to argue the case <laughs> for him, Lambert? 
Maybe I should be one of his defence witnesses. There was an occasion which we won't go into now, but some years ago, a friend of mine was accused of terrible crimes. And to my amazement, the, uh, the prosecution, the Crown Prosecution Service, the state, had me as a prosecution witness. I only realised I was a prosecution witness against one of my best friends four days before the trial. I thought it was a mistake in the documents. Of course, I got into the dock and I said, before we start as a prosecution witness, I want to make it clear that my friend is innocent. It didn't really help the case. He was acquitted of all charges, incidentally, Peter. But this is the first world pun. I don't know what you were doing in the dock. Perhaps you should have oh, been in the witness box. That's where in the, the witness stand. I'm not a professional. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. In the witness stand. I did feel right. accused. I did feel accused. Thank you for making that uh, pedantic but correct point <laughs> let me let me try and draw this together after having slightly highlighted my own ignorance i don't watch courtroom dramas that's the problem peter if you were to be assange's defense lawyer if you were employed in that position what would be your defense i th it's difficult in an extradition hearing to to uh, to have a defense as such if there's a prima facie case uh, and there's a treaty then you probably will be uh, extradited. However, if I was part of the team that was defending him in the US, then uh, the arguments would be very much along the lines of what we've been talking about this morning, that, uh, that there are mitigating factors, big mitigating factors, and in public interest, he was right to do what he did. That would be the argument. And that will, he still will be convicted, I think, but hopefully that would bring the sentence down to something of a nominal nature when you take into account how many years he's already been locked up. Peter, thanks very much indeed for your candid assessment. I only wish you were there as part of his defence team. Uh, I understand the difference between what the law enforces and the question of what's fair, and this court will be deciding what the law needs to enforce. I will be covering this uh, with today's news talk in the days ahead, live from central London. Uh, that's Peter Warren, the lawyer. Sorry, I didn't get to many of your comments there because you were so lively. Do find them on today's news talk. That's TNT uh, radio.live chat. Coming up next, we're staying on the theme of free speech and speaking to Elliot Hammer, a British politician who had an event cancelled, apparently due to the woke pressure. How ironic that in a place where wokeism should be about freedom of expression, they shut him down. What was all that about? We'll find out in just a few minutes. Uh, this is Lembit Opic Show uh, on TNT. I'll see you in a few minutes.